Hey everybody, we're back and I'm here with Neil Glatt today. Hey Leslie. How's it going? It's going very well. How about yourself? Good, good. I'm happy to be here for another Grow the Bench Weekly Short. And the subject matter today is near and dear to my heart because I spent more than a few years in the sales field. And I feel like you have a great story to tell um, about maybe saying a little bit too much when you're uh, trying to make a sale. Yeah, you know, I think a little bit of sales training goes a long way for mm -hmm. anyone, but for especially sure. for those who are selling. And, you know, there's this, um, there's this idea that once you get comfortable in your role and you, you know, attend enough trade shows or get enough certifications that you're just so excited about what you do and what you know, you want to share that with people, right? Because yeah. it convinced you to do better in business. Of course, it would convince a customer because it's all about better, um, better service, better care, better outcomes. But it's not true, really, um, at least in the sales process, right? That we're well, supposed to share all that. Right. I mean, the truth is salespeople who are enthusiastic about their product are going to do a better job selling. But if you forget to um, listen and are too busy telling, yeah, that can get in your way a little bit. Yeah, my, my sales coach used to tell me, shut up and sell. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wrote the blog this week about a little true story that happened. We, we had just finished our um, forum for sales uh, event, which was an awesome two days of training people with everything I've ever learned about selling. And I told them specifically that we need to sell first and educate later. Mm. And um, on my way home, we were in New Jersey. I, I live in Massachusetts. So on my way home, I stopped overnight in New York City and I was doing some uh, shopping. And one thing that I have wanted is a glass pitcher for making iced tea. Oh, I totally get it. Yep. <laughs> and uh in fact i bought a whole bunch of iced tea and i didn't have a pitcher and i've just been cobbling it together in other vessels and it's actually become kind of something a little irritating for me <laughs> uh, got it so uh, we were walking around and shopping and i popped into a um, store with with kitchen goods and, and home goods and um we were in Greenwich Village in New York City, and so they're all boutique oh, stores, yeah. and they're, it's all Fun. expensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I picked up this glass pitcher, and it was perfect, Leslie. And I was like, I'm, you know, it's more than I wanted to pay for a glass pitcher, but... I can imagine. <laughs> it's a beautiful glass pitcher from Greenwich Village in New York City, right? There's the story. I was, I was invested, and um, I was just sort of checking it out. And the sales guy walked up and says, hey, uh, do you know of our brand? And I, I didn't, right? This is um, yeah, of course not. A, a boutique store. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, well, let me tell you. And he was so excited. He goes, we've been around for 10 years. We were started by, by two friends and partners. And um, this is our only store on the East Coast. And we make all these, these wonderful goods with, um, what did he say? Uh, practicality and, and beauty and uh, he goes and and true to our roots everything is still designed in San Francisco and um, 
he was so proud of the fact that he knew all of this stuff and, and could explain it to me. And so I just looked at him and I said, well, thank you very much. And I set the picture back down on the shelf and walked out of the store. And the reason I did that is because I hate San Francisco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. I have lots of lovely friends from San Francisco, but I'm from Los Angeles and we were like born and bred to hate San Francisco. And growing up, we made fun of San Francisco <clears throat> and I'm a Dodgers fan and our biggest rivals are from San Francisco. And I just didn't want this glass pitcher in my house that was designed in San Francisco. It was totally the narrative I didn't want, despite the fact it met all my needs. It was totally lovely, and I was pretty much ready to buy it. Yeah, I, I pretty much heard the story that this picture was from Greenwich Village, boutique store in New York. That fit your narrative. That that was what I, what I was excited about. And this guy changed it all by educating me. And I know everybody listening is like, what the hell what? are you talking about? This is so petty. This is so stupid. I know it is, right? Mm -hmm. But I also know that this is how sales are won and lost. It's all about this little tiny edges, these little gut feelings, these little things that we don't like or do like. And in fact, maybe, maybe that I'm really in tune to the fact that we purchased this way so I could tell this story of how it happened. Um, but I, I'm sure a lot of buyers and sellers aren't, aren't aware of these things, but they exist. And if this guy had walked up and said something to the effect of, hey man, do you like that picture? I would have said, yeah, actually I really do. And he goes, well, would you like me to check you out and wrap it up really nice so it doesn't break on the way home? I probably would now own a picture instead of having to wait for Amazon or something to, to ship it to me online, right? Um, but oh, he yeah. blew the sale, and and he did it by talking too much. And I just thought, this is exactly what I was trying to describe in the sales course, and I felt like it would be a, a timely topic as so many of us are trying to sell and sell better and sell for more money. It is, and, you know, as so often we're thinking, well, that that could have been a great thing. He could have hit somebody that loves California, doesn't matter where. Sure. It could have been, it, he could have been saying all the right things. But I think the difference is when you're clicked into a customer enough to kind of feel how much you're, how much is too much. Yeah, and, and just to try and do your best to figure out what really matters to this person, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we're selling in, in the green industry and in the snow industry, and you're talking about all the chemicals that you use and the environmental impact that you have and maybe the purpose of your company or the systems and reporting, those are all great things, right? Like San Francisco as a design uh, environment is probably a great thing. Yeah, but totally it only get it. matters. It only matters to some people, and we have to do some more due diligence about where it is. And you know, if the guy had said, "Well, what do you like about it?" Um, you know, what 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 is drawing you to this picture? I would have described the picture itself, um, not the place that it was from necessarily. Right. Well, let me let me backtrack to his question. He said, "So, do you know anything about our brand?" Mm. He didn't ask you. 
What do you need? What are you looking for? Yeah. That could have been a big swing and a miss right there. Um, it's not an, I mean, I don't feel like it was a bad way for him to start necessarily. No, not at all. It was, was for you, but I think the key is to really be thinking about the individual. What is it? What do you need? What are your needs? How do I fill that? Yeah. And, and when in doubt, just say less. Yep. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I guess I see it in your title, but it's like, uh, you know, Hamilton fan. You know, Leslie, I did that just for you. <laughs> yeah, talk less, smile more, but it's like, <laughs> talk less, sell more, and it's the truth. I, There's a lot to be said for that. I, um, I can think back over the course of my sales career and know for sure there was a time or two when I said too much. And my, that business went to a competitor. And that's, not only do you lose the business, but it goes to a competitor and it's such a bitter pill. So I love, I love your message today because this is so primary. It's so fundamental to how we begin the sales process. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a powerful, but also one little small kind of tip and technique for sales and um, you know, by itself, it probably isn't going to change anything for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's part of a process and it's part of a collection of, of ideas, then it really can have an impact. And if you are listening to this and you don't have all those other pieces yet, um, I'd invite you to check out my free course on grow the bench introduction to sales, where I can build that around. And if you couple that process and that approach and that mentality, with this type of tactic, then I think um, you may actually get some benefit here. Sounds good. I, this is a great place to start. So people can get a little bit of a taste of what you're offering. And if you have some events upcoming, uh, by logging into snowfightersinstitute.com, uh, get to the website or get to the Grow the Bench website, there will be some opportunities for free, free information, free courses. Um, Check out the blog. The links will be in there. It's real simple. But at the end of the day, getting a taste of what is offered here is so important because we are in the thick of the sales season. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we really are. So I hope that this helps. Yep. It's all about sales. Well, thank you, Neil. It's been great to be with everyone here. Again, this will launch on the 17th and of August, that is. We hope you're all having a successful beginning of your sales season. We wish you the best of luck. Check out the free course at growthebench.com. And we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks, Leslie.